Hello and welcome to another Learning is Change podcast. Today is July, no, June 23rd, um, which is a Tuesday. I am headed up to uh, the Thai 2009 conference, that's Technology and Education, and it's the Colorado State Conference for basically technology and education. And uh, it's going to take me about an hour and a half to get up there from my house, I think. Um, and so I'm excited to have some time to think through my presentation uh, today, um, and hopefully it will not be so presenterly. Uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of interaction, and I want to talk through some of the activities that uh, we'll be talking about, um, just so that I can have a better grasp on them um, as I'm heading into it. And hopefully um, those of you who are not at the session or who are not planning on uh, taking a look at the audio or video archive, um, that you will basically uh, be able to listen to this and, and hopefully get some uh, insight as to why it is I'm doing what I'm doing um, today. And so I'm really excited about this session uh, that I'm doing today um, from 1 to 3, or 1 to 4 actually, so it's a 3-hour session, um, which I really, really like. There's a lot of time there for workshopping. Um, and actually digging down into the topic. So the topic is um, design with forever in mind. Um, collecting, creating, and, um, well, archiving, I guess, uh, your ideas and content and learning. And so the um, when I was thinking about it, uh, last night, and I've been thinking about this topic a lot uh, over the past year. How is it that you can uh, make sure that your creations and your students' creations don't uh, simply stop after the class is over? How do you make sure that they can use the stuff that they've created um, afterwards? And how do you make sure that other people can use the stuff that they've created after the class? Um, how do you make sure that you're building year after year on uh, what you have created and what you are teaching and learning about. And, um, you know, one, I mean, I, I noticed this uh, most prevalently um, when I left my teaching position last year after four years. Um, I had, uh, at the time, we had um, all of our students using... Uh, Google Apps. We had all of our students who are blogging um, on a semi-weekly basis. Um, we had all of our students who were using a, a variety of different tools. Everybody had a VoiceThread account, um, and a, a few other a few other really great um, resources that we were using quite a little bit. Um, we ended up using Google Sites a whole bunch um, for for different uh, language arts projects and things like that. So, um, with that in mind, we are basically able to, um, we were basically able to do quite a little bit. And, um, when I left, I was, I tried to make sure that all of those things would continue. And so I went back in and, um, worked with some of the kids, worked with some of the adults that, uh, that were still in the group. And really the only thing that lasted um, beyond me was actually the use of Google Apps because the science teacher took it upon herself to put the kids in, to uh, 
you know, make sure that the assignments that she was giving out were, um, a part of the, uh, a part of the Google Docs. And she's really just using Google Docs, um, not so much the other, uh, the other pieces. But, um, you know, it's something that really made me sad because, um, you know, it, it wasn't designed with forever in mind. It was designed with, uh, while I am there, you know, this is what, what can exist. And my hope is that when I leave, I've left it, you know, in a state where people are going to be able to, to use it. And so that it didn't, it didn't happen. Um, and so that makes, made me want to do this session even more. Um, and so one of the things that I, I will attempt to do in the session is to talk about, um, what forever means and what forever doesn't mean. And so I have a series of, uh, uh, I've got a slide deck that, uh, I'll be using and, and kind of goes into a little bit of what I think forever is and isn't. So I, I don't believe that forever is password protecting all of your stuff so that it is safe and stored somewhere on a server. Um, I don't believe that forever means um, having your stuff never change. Um, I, I don't believe that forever is um, the, the idea that you, uh, that everything should be archived, that um, every learning object that exists should uh, be kept for indefinitely. Um, and so rather than focus on those, I'm going to be focusing on three points, um, that we'll talk through every tool that we, that we talk about, we'll kind of cast it in this light. And those three points are that forever means that, um, done doesn't exist. Um, I ran across this really great, uh, article on the topic of foreverism where, um, and I had not even thought about this uh, until I had read the uh, article on this. But foreverism is the concept that when you put something out there, you can never possibly be done with it. Um, uh, so, and their case examples uh, or case studies were around the use of um, some individual person putting out on Twitter that uh, they you know, had a, tr had trouble with Starbucks and then Starbucks corporate, their Twitter account responded to that. And so that interaction is not done, even though they kind of fixed the problem, that little post that's out there, Hey, I had a really bad experience with, with, uh, Starbucks that now will continue to go, uh, on and live on its own, but so will the response. Um, so, that makes a really big difference, right? So if you, um, have the ability to, um, to post something out uh, on the web, either in a blog or on Twitter, or, um, it is somehow searchable by Google or whomever, then that will always exist. And so you will always have to deal with the ramifications of it. Now, some things will live in obscurity and you will never have to worry about them, but some things will 
that are not a big deal now can always come back and be built upon and remixed and those kinds of things. And so you will never be done. And that to me is a, a, an amazing metaphor for the way that schools should run. They should run on a foreverism forever model where um, the stuff that happens in sixth grade is not done when, they, when the kid graduates from sixth grade you know, and heads on into middle school or however you have your school set up. Um, you know, and obviously there are some things that you, you don't want to keep on building upon, but the, the idea right now is that, um, each individual skill is somehow isolated or separate within the grade, within the class that you're teaching. And there is no forever, foreverism. Um, you know, once you're done with that class, you're done with everything that was within that class. You can put it into a box and burn it if you want to, um, and those kinds of things. So, um, to me, designing with forever in mind is making sure that um, that done doesn't exist for the things that are really, really important, and that um, we are thinking forward enough so that we can say, okay, this. Um, is a value. This particular audio uh, clip or video or screencast that we did um, or this document, um, how do we make sure that it's available for our students to keep on going with um, out into the future? And, uh, and so to me, that's, that's a pretty big deal um, to, to have that uh, continue on. And so um, the next point that, that we're going to be talking through all of the tools with is, um, is actually the, the topic that everyone should teach. Um, all students should teach, all teachers should obviously teach, but everyone um, who is an actively engaged member of a learning network or uh, you know, who is just a learner in some way, shape, or form, they have to, they, they should teach. And uh, what I mean by this is, um, and it really is hit home for me with the topic of, um, of screencasting and uh, screen capture. So um, it, is my, it is my belief that every single person who um, wants to learn something, the best way for them to learn that thing is to actually teach somebody else how to do that or how to um, go through the process, basically to create an experience for themselves and for others that is a learning experience. So it's not isolated to them and those kinds of things. So um, in thinking about, you know, everyday application, if the student can explain it to someone else um, and they're involved in that process of teaching someone else, to me, that is um, the most valuable um, part of of making sure that this lasts forever. So it's the skill of teaching and it's also the skill of whatever, you know, discrete um, topic is being covered. So in math, you know, if they can uh, draw a number line and show somebody else how to draw a number line, if they're able to explain that and to walk through that process, to me, that is so much more valuable than just having done it on a piece of homework. Um, and those kinds of things. So not only can you use that forever as a learning object, 
but that the skill lasts forever, the skill of teaching and then that skill of number lining because you were able to teach somebody else. So, um, uh, so that's the, the second big topic that we talk about through the tools, right? Um, and then the last topic is that exit strategies are not optional. Um, there are way, way, way too many Web 2.0 tools that have gone away. Um, or become a different version of the of the tool itself, um, and so what we need to be able to do is, if we are going to use the best tool for whatever purpose, even if we're paying for that tool, um, things definitely conflict. So even if you're paying for the service on VoiceThread, that definitely could go away. Even if you're paying for the service on Flickr. Um, Yahoo has shut down a lot of different services and that's, you know, could possibly go away. Even if you're paying for the service on, uh, like, Media Blender or something like that, you've bought a license, as soon as you upgrade your computers to the next version of the operating system, that may break the program that you had. And so, to me, the, the, uh, the exit strategy is to get... Um, to get your learning objects and your learning into a format that is universally read. And so uh, my hope is that, uh, and we'll talk about this in a second because I want to work through all the different activities um, that, we'll, that we'll be talking about. Um, I, my hope is that we can come up with universal um, formats for the different learning objects that we have. So MP3 files for audio or MOV files for video um, or, um, you know, SWF or uh, MOV for, for screen capture and then, you know, dot, uh, dot .doc or uh, .pdf, .ppt for, for those more document-based uh, learning objects and things like that. So to me, um, making sure that you uh, that you have that exit strategy for whatever tool you are using is absolutely essential at this point. Um, and so that's that's a value. So those are the three topics that we're going to be looking at the tools through, right? So then, what are we looking at in terms of the tools, and uh, what activities do we need to be able to? Uh, to do in order to make these tools more concretely learning tools and not just, hey, this is that cool thing that I saw at the conference that one time. Um, so the first thing we'll talk about is uh, capturing learning through audio. And so the, um, the thing that I'd like to do first is, uh, is actually talk about Vocaroo and the easiest way to... Um, to create audio online. So Vocaroo allows you to, um, uh, with one button, um, and it's V-O-C-O, -O, no, V-O-C-A-R-O-O, -O. yeah, Vocaroo.com. And um, so you, you click the button, it records the audio, then you can either embed it somewhere if you want to leave it on their servers or download it as a WAV file, um, which, you know, definitely is a universal format and the quality is not such that the files are absolutely huge. So that's totally, you know, legitimate. 
And um, so to me, that's a really great use, but what are we going to actually do with it, right? So um, one of the things that we could do is um, take a look at um, take a look at answering a question with Vokaru and then doing some embed. And it's always good to talk through somebody uh, and embedding. But what we would have to do is uh, have a space where embedding is okay. In a Google Doc, it doesn't work. Um, we could do it on the wiki space, um, but the problem with that would be um, uh, that we'd have to have everybody with accounts and things like that. Um, the other way that we can do this is just share out the link. And so uh, one thing I haven't talked about in this podcast, but that I would like to uh, go into, so it's now is a pretty decent time, is that we will be um, doing a full-fledged back channel with uh, Twitter, um, and the uh, session tag is ForeverTie09. And um, I'm excited to, to do this um, with people who are not... Um, who are not completely used to Twitter. Um, and, you know, because we had a back channel tag uh, at Educon, um, which was the Educon button tag um, for that, the hashtag for Twitter. But um, everybody, pretty much, that was at Educon uh, already had a Twitter account and was able to use it, like, from second one um, within the session that I, that I was in. There may have been some people who got on Twitter at Educon, but... Um, by the session session that I did, everybody was there. So, um, so to me, that um, it's going to be a different demographic uh, of people because some people will not know Twitter. Uh, they'll probably have heard about it because, it, uh, I mean, even if they hadn't heard about it before this week with the uh, Iran election, um, it's just enormous because everybody's getting their news from the Twitter feed. Um, than people on the ground and that kind of thing. So, um, so what I've done is I've actually set up a um, generic Twitter account um, that people will be able to tweet from, and so they're going to be able to um, if they don't have their own Twitter account and, the, and in order to do the back channeling. Um, we'll go through the idea of using a generic Twitter account. Um, so I set up a, an account for um, Forever uh, Tie 9 um, which, so they don't even have to do the hashtag, it'll pull it in. Um, and so that to me is a way of just ensuring that um, anybody who's looking for Forever uh, Tie 9 um, that they will see uh, the session um, see the hashtag and do the back channeling. So we'll talk about the virtues of back channeling. Um, and I probably need to get a good link of, um, you know, why back channeling is important and things like that. Um, but we'll talk through the idea, um, that, you know, the back channel is where you can ask questions, support or disagree with what I am talking about and have a discussion without, um, having to worry about, um, you know, distracting from what's going on in the front channel for those people who, who need the front channel as their only channel and those kinds of things. I want to do uh, probably about 10 
15 minutes on back channeling um, and we'll probably do our introductions um, in the back channel uh, so that everybody can can see just how easy the back channel is uh, and we can also have an archive of everybody who's there uh, just very very easily and quickly and so I'm excited about that um, to me that that makes a lot of sense and then the um, the further parts of this going back to um, audio and things like that so if we had the back channel going then we would be able to uh, say just post the link to your Vogaroo um, into the Twitter back channel so that we can all click on it and listen but we need an authentic question um, that would allow you to use Vokaroo for a purpose. Um, so since it's the first session, I won't be able to do a reflection on Thai um, where it's like, what's the most valuable thing you've learned already? Um, because, you know, that doesn't really work if it's the first session of the event. Um, so I wonder if it would make sense to... Um, to ask the question of how how do you capture learning in audio? Um, how have you done that? And how would you like to do that in the future? To me, that's probably a pretty authentic question because we're using audio and things like that. Okay, so I'm down with that. Um, so that's audio um, capture for learning. Um, that's the first tool. So we'll need to write that question in, I think, um, to the slide deck. And then the next tool that that we'll be um, that we'll be talking through is actually something that I, I just found last week, um, and that is the cell phone use within Drop.io. Um, Drop.io uh, is becoming one of the most versatile tools I have ever ever come across, um, where you can have 100 megs of space to do with pretty much whatever you would like. Um, it is like your locker uh, online where you can you know, store all the stuff you need to and things like that. Um, and so to me, um, I was really, really excited with the fact that they allow you to call in. And so um, what I'd like to do there is have them all call into the Drop.io that I have set up and I'll set up a new one for forever uh, Tio 9 and to me that makes a lot of sense uh, to do it that way and this next question to me is how do you use cell phones in your classroom or how would you like to use cell phones in your classroom because um, to me that's uh, that's a value um, traditionally in my sessions I've done um, do not uh, I'd had a, I'd have a slide. Uh, do not turn your cell phones off. Um, and those kinds of things. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put that one up, but uh, but we'll definitely talk that through. And then the last uh, tool for audio, which I don't know that I'm going to go that deeply into because I think it's kind of more of a niche audio service, um, is actually uh, called Jam Glue, and I found this uh, a couple of months ago uh, when when we were looking for something to, to do some more heavy mixing within uh, MP3 files and audio files. And so it has basically a, a, an audio mixer that's like uh, a, a garage band a little bit. So I like that a whole bunch. Um, but I think I'll just 
demo that one and we won't go into um, you know fully making a well-rounded podcast or anything like that using uh, jam glue um, but that would be fun too so okay those are two questions that I like a whole bunch um, what do you how do you capture your learning with audio um, would be the vocaroo and we would post that into the uh, back channel and then um, how uh, how do you use cell phones in the classroom or what do you think about cell phone use in the classroom those kinds of things so we'll take a look at those and so need to add those slides and then um, we move on to uh, screencasting so how do you uh, capture learning uh, from your screen and so the uh, tool of uh, I guess that we'll we'll at least talk through is uh, Screencastle um, and the reason why I bring this particular tool up is that you don't need an account to do it um, and so we can talk through that and we could even um, share something from uh, from our screen so we need to make that particular part uh, pretty authentic where we're giving an explanation of something um, so I wonder where where people would be um, what they would want to show uh, and share with the world um, in terms of capturing uh, capturing some learning there through audio and video and I almost wonder I would say that the majority of the people um, at the session are going to have some kind of document that they would want to work through. Um, or a presentation that they could do the first few slides of. Um and talk through what is important or valuable. Also about wonder about using a picture. So if we did an activity where I provided an image and they uh, talk through why this image is of value um, using their, their mouse, the only part that I don't like about that would be that uh, there's not a whole lot of interaction um, and that kind of thing. So, okay, all right. So this is this is I think a good idea um, that's formulating in my head right now. Um, but when we talk it out, it may not be. So, if we have them do um, a brainstorm. So we have them use Bubble Us and record that Bubble Us. They're actually recording their thought process in creating a mind map. So if the mind map is about um, something of value to them, um, so we could have the topic of... Um,
technology and education. I mean, the, the just the topic of technology and education. They could do a mind map of technology and education and, and you know, what they see as important and things like that um, in technology and education. If they did a screen castle of the mind map of technology and education, that may be too many steps, but I wonder if we can get there because it's a three-hour session. Let's play around with that. Um, to me, that's going to make a lot, a lot of sense to do it that way and to pull that together and then they would put the link to their screen castle um, in into Twitter and we would be able to see all of them I like that I like that let's do that um, and that'll work and then I will demo. Um, probably we will not have time to go into the full-fledged um, the full-fledged um, kind of activity using the other tools, two screen capture tools that uh, that uh, are in the slide deck, which are. Uh, my own personal favorite screen toaster, um, which just got a huge investment, um, and was bought out after only eight months of being, being in existence in public beta. Um, so that to me makes a lot of sense to just do a demo because they've already done a screencast, um, activity. And if they want to do another one, that's fine. But because screen, uh, toaster requires accounts, um, we probably don't need to go into that um, too much. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then we'll talk through Dim Dim, actually, um, because that has the ability to share your screen. Um, but I also think that it's really valuable for people to know that there is uh, a way to do web meetings uh, and to do, you know, fully functional screen capture, screen sharing those kinds of things um, with the world as a part of a, a free service up to 20 people and those kinds of things. So um, that, that sounds really good. Um, that screen capture activity is going to take a while. So um, yeah, that's going to take probably, I would think, 25 minutes or so um, at least to get everybody through and thinking, uh, thinking through it. Okay, and then the, the last um, kind of way of capturing um, capturing ideas uh, and things like that is um, I, I had in, in the form of text. So capturing, um, capturing learning through text and um, the two ways that we would talk that through would be um, the use of uh, Google Docs as well as uh, Twitter as a as a way of capturing text. Um, so we talk about hashtags and things like that. Um, and so that to me is uh, going to be a little bit tricky because I don't want to take the time necessarily to set everybody up with a Google Docs account. Um, so I wonder how we can do that. Um, 
the reflection activity at the end, um, we are going to be using Google Docs, uh, actually a Google spreadsheet, in order to um, kind of do the reflecting on, uh, you know, what it is that they want to, what learning they want to capture, how they're going to capture it, what their exit strategy is, and that kind of thing. Um, and so, to me, that's going to make a lot more sense um, if they have accounts to, and I don't want to necessarily share a doc with everybody um, that's in the room because that can get pretty messy. Um, although if they were doing it in the back channel and they were sharing, I'm not super keen about sharing um, emails out on a public back channel. Um, so that that's uh, could be kind of interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yep, that's the way that one works. Um, so I have some, some thinking through there um, with, uh, with Twitter and Google Docs. I, I wonder if it would make sense to, um, to do a, uh, a thing on Delicious, because um, that is really text-based as well. Um, those kinds of things. I'm gonna have to think that through, and so, um, so anyway, the, those are the three topics, and then we're gonna do a reflection activity at the end um, using a Google spreadsheet. Um, and so I'm really excited about this session, um, and uh, if you have any questions or thoughts for me, uh, this will be posted after the session, but I, I think I'll probably do this session again. So if you want to email me, it's ben at learningischanged.com. Um, and uh, my blog is at learningischanged.com slash blog. And my Twitter is uh, twitter.com slash bhwilkoff, uh, W-I-L-K-O-F-F. And then um, that's kind of where we're going. Um, if I see you up at Thai, I will definitely say hello. I'm excited to, to be up there. This is uh, my, only my second year presenting um, and, and those kinds of things. It's, uh, it's been a long, uh, long road for me to, to get up there to present twice, uh, but I think it's probably worth it. And um, thanks for listening. This podcast is licensed under a uh, attribution um, share-alike 3.0 Creative Commons license. And uh, please remix it or uh, maybe just listen to it and post it uh, and those kinds of fun things um, if you feel the need to do so. Thanks a lot.